Well, uh, hey guys, um, welcome or uh, welcome back to Hey Alexa, Am I Dying? A podcast that talks about different diseases in each episode. So if this is your first episode, thank you for being considerate enough to listen. And if you are a returning listener, thanks for coming back. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about Alzheimer's. As per usual, there will be an interview later on in the episode. And this time I talked to the Cure Alzheimer's Fund. I know I I said this episode should have been up like a month ago. But life happens. I tried to get... I reached out to so many people for an interview, like four or five different organizations, and then someone got back to me, and it's just, complications happen, life happened, it's okay, it's here now, I just want to make sure I put out my best work, but um, I'm going to mention more about the interview later on, but as for right now, here is almost everything you need to know about Alzheimer's. Okay, let's talk about what Alzheimer's is in the first place. The first thing you need to know is that Alzheimer's is the most common cause of dementia. If you don't already know, dementia is a general term for when someone suffers from severe enough memory loss that it interferes with their day-to-day life. Alzheimer's isn't a normal part of aging, even though it's widely known that elderly people tend to get it. Majority of the people who have it are 65 years or older. If it affects a person younger than 65, it's considered to be younger onset Alzheimer's. People that have that younger onset Alzheimer's can be in any stage of the disease. This disease can get worse over time and it's progressive, where dementia symptoms gradually worsen over a number of years. In the stages early on, the memory loss is mild, but when it's late stage, people can lose the ability to engage in a conversation and interact with their environment. On average, a person with Alzheimer's lives four to years after diagnosis, but can live as long as 20 years depending on other factors. As of right now, there is no cure for Alzheimer's, but there is a treatment called, (laughs) I can't say this, A-D-U-C-A-N-U-M-A-B-K. I'm going to put that in the show notes. You can look that up. I'm not going to say that. But this is the first therapy to show that removing amyloid, one of the hallmarks of this disease from the brain, can reduce cognitive and functional decline in people that suffer from it early on. So other treatments can slowly reduce the worsening of symptoms of dementia, but this is just temporary, temporary band-aid on the problem these can help those who have it and their caregivers there's a current worldwide effort to try to find a better way to treat it and scientists are working very hard to find a treatment okay now moving on to the symptoms this is going to be very obvious but the most common symptom that people get is 
difficulty in remembering newly learned information. Our brains are constantly changing along with us, and most of us can notice slow thinking and occasionally forgetting things that we were supposed to remember. But serious memory loss, confusion, and those major changes in the way our brains function may be a sign that our brain cells are failing. Alzheimer's changes begin in the part of the brain that affects the way we learn. So as a disease advances through the brain, it leads to an increase of severe symptoms such as disorientation, confusion about confusion about events or time, time and place, mood and behavior changes, changes in behavior about family, friends and caregivers, difficulty in walking, swallowing, speaking, yes, and of course, more serious memory loss. People with Alzheimer's may find it difficult to recognize that they have a problem. They can't, they have trouble remembering things. These symptoms might be more obvious to people around the person who might be suffering from Alzheimer's. Anyone experiencing these symptoms should see a doctor and if you're having trouble doing that, your local Alzheimer's association can help you too. Earlier diagnosis and interventions methods are improving drastically as time goes on so treatment options can improve quality of life for those who do struggle with it okay now i'm going to get into the really nitty-gritty neuroscience part of it okay but don't worry it's not going to be too hard to understand long before you start to notice the first signs of memory loss microscopic changes in the brain already start to happen. Um, The human brain has 100 billion neurons. Neurons are nerve cells, if you didn't know. Each neuron connects with many others to make communication networks. So there are groups of neurons and they all have special jobs, such as remembering things, thinking, learning new information, seeing, hearing, and smelling. So to do those jobs, the cells operate like little tiny factories and they receive the supplies they need and then generate energy they contrast equipment and get rid of unnecessary waste they can also process and store information and communicate effectively with other cells so keeping everything working properly needs coordination and a lot of fuel and a lot of oxygen scientists think that alzheimer's supports Scientists think that Alzheimer's stops parts of a cell's factory from doing its job. From doing its job. They're not 100% sure yet where the problem starts, but just like a real factory, problems in one area can cause problems in others. So as a damage spreads, cells lose their ability to do their jobs and eventually start to die, causing irreversible changes to the brain. touch on these abnormal structures in the brain called plaques and tangles. So scientists believe that they are the main suspect in damaging and killing nerve cells in the brain. Plaques and tangles are not the same thing. Plaques are deposits of a protein fragment called beta amyloid and they build up in the spaces between the cells. And then tangles are these twisted fibers of another protein that's called tau, and they build up inside of the cells. Autopsy studies 
tend to show that most people develop plaque and tangles as they grow older, but people with Alzheimer's can actually develop more and in a much more predictable pattern, starting in areas that are crucial for retaining memory before spreading to other areas. Scientists don't know exactly what role plaques and tangles can play into Alzheimer's, but most experts think that they can be a big part of blocking communication among nerve cells and disrupting different processes that cells need in order to survive. The death and destruction of these cells causes the memory to fail, personality to change, problems with doing your daily activities, and other symptoms of Alzheimer's. Okay, time for a really quick background history. So in 1906, Dr. Alois Alzheimer's, who was a German physician, first described a quote, peculiar disease, one that caused a profound amount of memory loss and microscopic changes in the brain. Of course, now we know this disease to be Alzheimer's, and it's named after the doctor. But present day, Alzheimer's is being researched and scientists are working hard to learn more about it and other forms of dementia. Remarkable research has come to light in recent years and it shows how this disease can really affect the human brain. The more we understand about it, the more treatments can be made to cure it. Okay, now time for that interview I mentioned. So I spoke to the Cure Alzheimer's Fund and asked them a few questions about what they do and how they help. All of the information for their organization, like the link to their website, is going to be in the show notes of the episode. So enjoy the interview. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, not bad. It's a beautiful, somewhat chilly day down here, though I'm sure I don't need to tell you that, or I don't have the right to tell you that up there in Canada. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> March, but it's still pretty cold here, so. Uh, no, we had a, a nice, random 70-degree day last week, and then we were right back down to about the teens the next day, so it could be. It was a nice little tease of what's to come, we hope. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for doing this. My name's Coltage. You can hear me good? Perfect. Can you hear me? Yep. Perfect. So, thank you for being here today. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your organization, Cure Alzheimer's Fund. So, the first thing I wanted to ask was, so, how does it help those with dementia? Like, what kind of treatments are you guys currently researching? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, first, if you don't mind, I'm just going to introduce the organization mm-hmm. for a second. So we are a nonprofit with the mission of funding research with the highest probability of preventing, slowing, or reversing Alzheimer's disease. And what's more than that, our board of directors covers all of our overhead expenses so that fully 100% can go directly to research. So we help those with dementia by funding that research that we strong we feel strongly, my goodness, uh, is accelerating us towards an Alzheimer's solution. Uh, all dementia, but more specifically Alzheimer's. While some of our research does cross the broader spectrum of dementia, 
we do try to drill in on Alzheimer's just because we find it beneficial to be more specific in our approach. So we mostly fund what we call, or what is called, foundational research. So this focuses on the underlying causes of Alzheimer's disease, so how it starts, how it spreads. Now, despite us knowing about Alzheimer's for over 100 years, when we were founded back in 2004, the field sort of knew shockingly little about this basic piece of Alzheimer's. So this is largely because, you know, the bigger funders like the pharmaceutical companies, biojects, they wanted to jump right to the end of the line, pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into drug development and sort of ignoring this very basic science that we need to really create a, a strong therapy to fight this thing. It's like trying to build a skyscraper and starting at the penthouse. Like it just doesn't really make sense. So that's where we come in. So we accelerate research by fun by uh, funding this foundational research that's informing the entire field. It's basically to give the field a map of what Alzheimer's is, identify potential drug targets, and then help de-risk uh, drug development investment from these much larger organizations. Okay, well, that's, I completely agree with you. Like the analogy you used with the penthouse thing is, that's absolutely correct. So. So the main focus is just to raise money for research or are you raising money for anything else? Yeah, so we do only raise money for research. So uh, there are plenty of wonderful organizations doing incredible work for Alzheimer's patients, caregivers, uh, raising awareness of the problems of Alzheimer's. But you're right, we do focus solely on ending Alzheimer's through research. Now, while our well, my focus is mostly raising money, it is important to note that it's also funding that research itself through Cure Alzheimer's Fund. So we have a group of about 32 brilliant scientists from world-class institutions across the globe who do come together to help guide our research. So they help us identify uh, what are important but underfunded areas of this research that where our dollars will have the greatest impact. And if they know of another researcher with expertise in that area, they bring them into the fold for us. So we are really reliant on our researchers. And not only that, but we're also a great conduit for collaboration. So funding organizations like your Alzheimer's Fund, basically the way that science at these institutions work is they're all working within their own institution. It's very easy for two researchers, one in uh, Vancouver, another in Boston, to be working on the same exact project or topic and never cross paths, just never really communicate with each other. They're just locked in a silo. So what we try to do is bring these people together. We offer quarterly conference calls, uh, non-COVID times, they meet in person, but to really uh, provide an opportunity for our scientists to learn from each other, to collaborate, to challenge each other, and hopefully move together towards a cure by sharing what we've learned, as opposed to sort of trying to reinvent the wheel over and over again. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, even seeing what's going on in the world right now, like, science is what's going to get us out of it. And right. so science is what's going to help us treat Alzheimer's. And it's incredible what we can accomplish when everyone is working together. Like, it's if everyone was uh, working on COVID on their own, we would probably be far, much farther back than we are right now. It's so important to move together as a unit. Yeah. What kind of resources are you raising money for? Like what kind of resources would be needed to help these treatments be more widely accessible? Where the money is going to specifically? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 
I think there's really two great examples of uh, some of the resources that we have created that are helping the drug development field. While we are at the beginning of this pipeline with foundational research, we have created a couple tools that have really informed clinical trials and sharpened our results. So the first one is something that we actually call Alzheimer's in a dish. So most projects work using mice in place of human brains. Uh, obviously, they're more plentiful and there's a lot to learn from these studies, but this might surprise you, mice brains aren't human brains. They're just not built the exact same way. So a few of our funded researchers back in 2015 got together to solve this problem by creating a new technology that literally recreates the environment of the human brain in a Petri dish. So as the years have gone on, they've added more and more elements of the human brain, but what this allows them to do is sort of see a, a replication of how Alzheimer's progresses through our brains, not mice brains. And what's been truly incredible about this is they've been able to test drugs in this dish to see what effect, if any, they would have on Alzheimer's, including already existing drugs. Now, if there's a, a drug out there on the market that might be able to, with a small tweak, help Alzheimer's disease, help patients of Alzheimer's disease, that drug is going to be able to get to market significantly faster than if we have to build something from scratch, because then it has to go through safety protocols, uh, it has to go through tons of iteration, whereas we have something just about ready to go. So it's a really cool project that we're proud to have made available to the entire field. Then the one other project I would mention is uh, a recent blood test that we developed. So a big problem with running clinical trials for Alzheimer's disease is that it's it's been almost impossible to tell who has Alzheimer's disease until they're showing symptoms. But most of the drugs that are developed, the feeling is that you need to have them before symptoms are showing. Essentially, this blood test, it's going to allow us to identify those people who are at risk of developing Alzheimer's disease, but don't yet show symptoms which is gonna allow us to put on more accurate and more effective clinical trials and accelerate the drug development process um, at the very end. So we're very pleased with this development and it's a great tool. It sounds a like a great tool. That we yeah, no, it, yeah. Sounds, it sounds like something that can be uh, very well used. So last question for you, how can people or listeners support this and uh, get involved in the cause? Yeah, of course. So aside from donating at our website, of course, purealls.org, uh, the best thing people can do is continue to spread awareness through vehicles like this and both of Cure Alzheimer's Fund, but more importantly, just the need for additional funding of Alzheimer's research. Our only way out of Alzheimer's disease is through research. I adamantly believe that. Um, so it's important to keep supporting any Alzheimer's organization you can, but of course, Cure Alzheimer's Fund too. So we don't have much in the way of volunteer opportunities, unfortunately, but people are more than welcome and encouraged to become a Cure All's hero by putting on a fundraising or awareness event of their own. So if anyone's interested, they're welcome to email me, of course, at cswan at curealls.org. And I'm always happy to help support our heroes like yourself. Thank you so much. Well, those are all the questions that I had. Uh, thank you for giving me your time. I do think this is really important, and that's why this episode was dedicated purely to Alzheimer's. Yeah, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. And no, this, by the way, I have to tell you, it's a brilliant name for a podcast. 
<laughs> I got a big laugh out of it when I saw, hey, Alexa, am I dying? I thought that was brilliant. So kudos to you. Oh, well, thank you. I actually, I'm very indecisive. So it took me a long time to decide on the name. So, <laughs> Well, you made a good decision in the end. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking around till the end if you're still listening to the sound of my voice make sure to check out the cure alzheimer's fund for more information again the link to their website is going to be in the show notes and follow their instagram it's just at the cure cure alzheimer's fund follow this podcast on instagram at underscore h-a-a-i-d anyway that's that's it for me I hope you have a great morning, day, night, whatever, when you're listening to this. But thank you for listening, and I'll be back in a month. Not two months this time, hopefully. <laughs>